I'm Bailey. <laughs> I'm Nini. And welcome to <laughs> On a Grassy Knoll. I'm trying not to break another one and then, you know, put them back in. No, that's so real. That's, I literally so. saw a TikTok that was like, when people tell you to go to hell, but you're a person dusting and you're a knickknack collector. It's like, I'm already there. <laughs> Take a look around. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already there. Babe. Because this we're referencing like having to clean with knickknacks yeah. in your room but like this um bookcase is so wobbly that anytime i try to dust like slightly everything like shakes no. and falls yeah so i have to remove everything like one by one it's so fucking Fuck. annoying and of course i collect all these like not i don't collect funko pops i collect figurines and two of them happen to be funko pops yeah. but you know like that's like the most Prominent, term. yeah, yeah, feature, yeah. yeah. So and that Alex one is so cute. The Alex one is so fucking I cute. I love him. I I really like like the the anime slash like uh, Alice in Wonderland. Whimsy, yeah, the gothic <laughs> whimsical whimsical gothic. That's yeah, what people yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Laws of Plato. I changed it to JFK. Yeah, and ab above all, JFK is, above all is hovering. Even mm -hmm. above Plato. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. impressive. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. So hi, hi guys. Hi guys. Welcome. To on a grassy knoll. On a grassy knoll. On the grassiest knoll. And it's fucking hot. It's fucking hot, and it's, it's in the middle of October. Knoll. Yeah, it's really hard to get in the the festive spirit yeah. when it's boiling outside. It doesn't take a con so. a, a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say conspiracy theorist, and then I wanted to say conspirator at the same time, and that didn't work out very well. Um, I do that sometimes to customers. Do. Oh no. <laughs> I literally am Katie Heron when I'm like, girl, girl. and I just don't address it. And they're just like, yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah, they're like, yeah. can you scan my Starbucks? But anyways, it doesn't take a conspiracy theorist to know that global warming is happening. And it's here, babe. Yeah. She's here right now, and she's not happy with us. So. Um, But we do have refreshing beverages, at least. Yes, we do. What, what's this one called today? What's our signature call? Um... What, what are we drinking? What did we? There is vodka in here. Vodka, right. strawberry lemonade, okay. and a yuzu lime sparkling water. So very like citrusy. Okay. Okay. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to come up with like a pun. Lime. Lime. Citrus. Lime and crime. No, that we don't do true crime here. Yeah. I mean, we do sometimes. Well, sometimes. But it's not. Yeah. It's not our shtick. It's not our. It's yeah. not our. Our uh, words are escaping me. <laughs> we're so high and unprepared yeah. right now. We're so we? high and unprepared right now. <laughs> Fuck, dude. In this case, uh, guys, we're not bitter. I promise. Um, Only slightly. <laughs> um. I, I would beg to differ. But um, yeah, I think we should call this one the Lime Around. Lime Around? Yeah. We should call it. Bilbo Baggins, because it's his birthday today. Oh, the Bilbo. The Bilbo. This is the Bilbo. This is Actually, the Bimbo Baggins. This is the Bimbo. Oh, Bimbo Baggins. Bimbo. Cheers. Clink. Yeah, this is the Bimbo Baggins. I love her. I love her. So I know much. her, and I love her. I had to post them on my Instagram today. I know. Just like, so everybody's got to know. Everybody's got to know. It's my dog fuse. Yes, yeah. it's my son's birthday. I really yes. wanted to throw him a Two Towers party. Nobody was down. Mom said no. Mom said no. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I told all my friends on MySpace. No, but I was talking I was talking to my coworkers and I was like, yeah, I was going to throw them a two towers. And they're like, the twin towers party? The and I was two like, towers, no, the two towers, page. Lord of the Rings. Like, his name's Bilbo. And then Alyssa goes, my dog's birthday's on 9-11. I was like, okay, <laughs> so you can have the twin towers party and I'll have the two towers party. <laughs> that poor guy. I was like, 
Oh, that's funny. Oh, they dressed. I was gonna say something, but no, I'm not gonna elaborate. Yeah. I'm not gonna elaborate. No. Oh, Jesus. Right. Anyways, sweet dog. How was your week? Um, it was eventful. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to the. I went to the Academy Awards Museum, yes. the Oscar Museum in downtown LA. It's like literally right next to LACMA and the Tar Pits. Oh, really? It's like the Tar Pits, LACMA, and the Academy Museum. Oh, like right okay. The so yeah. just kind of like a street full of full exhibits of and cool shit. Cool shit to see. Yeah. yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, I saw the John Waters exhibit. That was nice. the primary reason I went. Uh-huh. I had a bunch of hairspray costumes. <sighs> they had a bunch of crybaby costumes. Oh, nice. Um, they had some Chucky stuff because really? he was in the seat of Chucky as a cameo. Oh, yeah. no way. They had one of the, I think, Glenn. Uh-huh. like puppets uh-huh. they had one right there and they had like a little clip from that playing oh, over that's and over so again cute. it was so fucking cool um and then i got to see frank the bunny the costume <gasps> i got to see frank that's the bunny so cool. that was really cool one I of the spacesuits from 2001 space no Odyssey. way um the alien head oh fuck from the first yeah. one that was so fucking cool and my personal favorite um well two faves actually top two um one of gary oldman's robes from dracula <laughs> really yeah and the costume that angelica houston wore as morticia adams in really? the the 90s version of the adams family the oh, costume and the wig yeah that. and i literally just stood there and it was it's like really dark and there was like not really a lot of people because it was uh-huh. during the week and uh-huh. i just stood there and i got like a little teary really That's a lie. i was just like because i felt like you know like a little kid like yeah. watching growing up watching this and stuff and like seeing yeah. it like right in front of you you're just like that's really cool. oh my god it was it was nuts it was so fucking cool and then i sat in traffic for like almost three hours on my oh. home so but sorry. honestly worth it worth it totally worth cool. it yeah i got bailey a really cool pin yeah she got me well. a pearl pin and then I got myself a divine pin from Ooh, Pink Flamingos, where nice. she's like pointing the gun. No in, way. Like, the fishtail dress. Yeah. Oh, I, I love like, that. that shit's so cute. And oh, I got I a little John so Waters shirt. And yeah, that's really been the highlight of my week. Do you want to know something like scary slash depressing? Uh-huh. Um, have you ever been to the Bodies exhibit? Like that museum? Okay. I saw a TikTok that basically like ex- it was an expose Ooh. on the person because there's like a bodies exhibit and then there's like the bodies museum. Yes. Like some there's some kind uh-huh. of differentiating factor between uh-huh. two things. Um, however, one of them was like this man, this German man, I believe, who has been known to basically gather the bodies not conventionally, <gasps> um, not ethically. <gasps> And so that kind of bummed me out because... Oh, is that the one that you went to see? I, I, I wasn't sure. Oh, I wasn't shit. sure. I literally just saw the TikTok today. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, um, and then I took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I like was falling asleep to TikTok and I was like, oh my God, I have to talk about this. But um, yeah, it was like a little fucked up because uh, I think it's the one I went and saw because they talked about some of the exhibits that I saw and it was like pregnant mothers with like the fetus inside of her. And it's like, how did you get like the the consent from like a woman who like died in like a tragic accident to like use her body with like her dying or her dead fetus basically yeah and just like some weird things that i was like oh yeah very morally gray so i was a little bummed out because i remember when i was going for like medical like the medical field Mm -hmm. um i saw that exhibit twice and i really really enjoyed it because like it's fucking crazy like the the human body has always fascinated me truly like the fact that we can like heal ourselves essentially we're like lizards grow our tail back and shit oh man um so yeah i know right i'm like i'll just hack this leg off right now watch me watch me do it i won't think twice and then it's like deadpool like a little baby leg grows back and then it grows into a full leg no that just reminded me of uh saw when she's um through her leg i thought we were gonna talk about i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it was really bad 
no, my coworkers but, was like, did you guys see Saw? Like, the, yeah. the back the, and forth wasn't as bad as the, like, Mm-hmm. Of, the, of the, you of the, know what? I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm in physical pain. Um, <laughs> I was just like in the, at the Harkins. For and her to do like, all of that Ugh. and then still die, and still die. I'm like, girl, you gotta be quicker than yeah, that. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> she she fought too long, girl. Yeah, she cried you for think, too long. You think that he's not about to do what he's about to do? Like, like he's just not playing. I'm not joking, bitch. I'm not joking, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that was a long intro. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back after these brief recorded messages. Beep. Oh, that'd be really creepy. If Annabelle is filled with rice, I would heat that bitch up in the microwave and use her on like an injured knee. <laughs> and use her for my cramps. <laughs> you guys, because I was telling Nini, because remember in the last episode, we were making fun of her for strangling Lou, the boyfriend. But when I was looking at a picture of her, like her hands are kind of big. Yeah. She had some meaty paws. She got some, she got some big old mitts. I don't, I don't want no fucking rice character. Yeah. strangling me in the That's middle of the night I was like, while I'm well, experiencing you, I, I used to have like you know toys like that when I was a kid or they yeah. had like little like seeds or something mm-hmm. like in the to yeah. weigh them down so mm-hmm. they sit a certain way I'm like oh it's like a sack almost rather yeah. than like a, I'm like, That's a stuffed scary. animal like yeah. a sock so, exactly <laughs> like exactly sock sunk sunk monkey I don't know sunk monkey sunk monkey We'll get flagged for that if we put that as the title. <laughs> Smunk Kunky. <laughs> Derogatory. Derogatory. Oh my god. Oh, jeez right. Louise, guys. Getting back into it. Jeez Louise. We're so silly. We're so fucking silly. We're so fucking silly. Um, anyway. It's your turn this week to it's go first. My time. My time I'm so um, uh, We meet again, y'all, for Nini's Paranormal Party. Yes. Um, today. I hope you, even though it's really hot, I hope you grab a warm jacket and some motion sickness pills. Oh! Because we're boarding a ferry oh. and crossing the choppy waters of San Francisco Bay <gasps> to meet the ghosts of the Alcatraz yes! Federal Penitentiary, also known as The Rock, not to be confused with Dwayne, Dwayne the, Rock, the Johnson. Rock Johnson. Yes. Okay. Um, spooky lightning. Spooky lightning. <laughs> Thunder claps. Um, so doing this story almost makes me want to go visit, but one, I'm not seaworthy, like, at fucking all. Oh, I don't know if I I can do it. I can't, I can't do it. And two, San Francisco's fucking cold. All the time. Really? All the time. All the time? I went, I went, did I ever tell you when I went to 4th of July weekend in San Francisco? And we were on the pier, and I was wearing, like, two jackets. Are you serious? Dude, it was miserable. I was like, this is, like, L.A., but with more hills. Oh, I hate it. That's what, like, I, I don't like, like about it. I'm like, do I have to, like, climb all those hills? Yeah, I'm like, like, no, this is not fun. Yeah, no. And, the, like, she was like, I'm like, am I, and I, I'm high, too. I can't do this. No, anyway. absolutely not. Um, enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some history. Yes. Um, this week, we start, once again, with our good friend. Wikipedia. And I put like little like a flourish, nice, like those nice. little like squigglies. Uh-huh. Um, specifically, we're on the page for Alcatraz Island, of course, okay. which tells us that the first person to document the small islands of the San Francisco Bay was a Spanish naval officer slash explorer slash colonizer, Ooh. Juan Manuel de Ayala, okay. who mapped the islands in 1775, oh, so okay. um, a year after the U.S. independence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of these islands is the modern-day Yerba Buena Island, which translates to like spearmint. Island, which is like, yeah, like, that's that. cute. Um, but on Ayala's map of the bay, he had labeled it as Isla de Alcatraz oh, okay. from the archaic Spanish word Alcatraz or pen or pelican. Oh, 
Oh, that's what it pelican. means? Yeah. Oh. Pelican, like Pelican Island, basically. Oh, that's not um, as ominous and, you know, creepy as it sounds. Bird Island. Yeah. Bird Island. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Bird Island. <laughs> Pelican's kind of cute, though. Yeah, I'm Pelican fun. Island's cute, yeah. yeah. That sounds like a gay island, like Fire Island. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like gay, I, I love that. <laughs> Ask your brother, like, is there a is, is there, there a like pelican? a subcategory of like ot- I know there's otters, bears, but are there birds? Are there birds? <laughs> oh my god! So, um, the name of Alcatraz Island was actually applied by a guy named Captain Frederick W. Beachy, a okay. English naval officer and explorer. Okay, and that's pretty much all that's known about him. He's not oh. really he has that name and he it. named it that. And that's oh, about it. okay. Um, Sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, maybe it's for the best. Yeah. Um, it's also worth mentioning that a Native American people is called the Olone, which is a Miwok word, oh, okay. uh, which uh, refers to four distinct, four distinct Native California tribes that share a common language, oh. were the earliest known settlers on Alcatraz Island. And in Miwok mythology, evil spirits were said to inhabit the island. Oh. So we're already off to a really good start. Wow, with, I had never heard that before. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, from 1850 to 1859, the island was used for military purposes. It was oh. kind of like a little like fort. Oh, basically. interesting. Um, and it housed a garrison of 200 soldiers in addition to being used as a storage site for the San Francisco arsenal, like of weapons. Oh, right. Um, but the defenses quickly became obsolete in the post-war years. Okay. Yeah. So by 1868, Alcatraz became a long-term detention facility for military prisoners specifically. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. That doesn't sound fun. No. I'm like, none of it doesn't get is, better though. No, it doesn't get, <laughs> yeah, it starts off pretty bad and then it just doesn't get, it always gets worse. Uh-huh. Smiley face. Um, smiley face. So in 1909, work on a massive main concrete cell block began, and it was completed by 1912 after the previous three-story barracks known as the Citadel was torn down. Ooh. When the old building was demolished, the first floor was actually used as a basement for the new cell block, which led to rumors of, quote, dungeons under the main cell block. Oh, I don't like that. And in August 1934, Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary was officially declared a federal prison. Oh. The first boatload containing 137 prisoners Ooh. arrived on the rock on August 11th, 1934. Oh, wow. That's kind of, like, recent. I didn't know it was Yeah, like, I was. it's about to be, like, 100 years, yeah, pretty literally. much. It uh, hasn't even been, like, it hasn't even been 90 years. years. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Um, but let's highlight some of the prison's most infamous inmates, okay. shall we? Um, this info is from a history.com article okay. by Aaron Randall from 2021, titled The Seven Infamous Alcatraz Inmates Ooh. and our friend Wikipedia. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So we start off with um, Frank Lucas Bolt, who was serving in the U.S. Army in Panama when he was convicted of sodomy Ooh. in 1932, which in those days was like euphemism for like gay sex oh i was like i mean like, but also it's kind of debated whether he was just like in the wrong place at the wrong time oh. like going awol with like other soldiers and gotcha. because it happened to be a bunch of guys but it's like there's only fucking there's only men, men in, in the, the military, military so yeah. like why are you why would that be considered weird. gay mm-hmm. so is he, it gay to hang out with your friend is it gay to like, go serve in the military <laughs> <laughs> We can't make that the title, but I need to write that down. Is it, is it gay, gay to go a wall? That's a good one, though. Can that that could be a title? A A W O L. Okay, I was like, is yeah. there an H? Um, so <laughs> is it gay to go a wall? Gay to go a with your homies. <laughs> so, um, Bolt was sent to a military prison before he was sent to Alcatraz two months before the prison officially opened Ooh. on August 11th, 1935, 1934, oh, okay. to serve out a five-year sentence. 
the director of the FBI at the time was J. Edgar Hoover, which trash derogatory, um, signed Bolt's admission papers as Alcatraz inmate number one. Oh, wow. It's believed that Hoover, Alcatraz's biggest supporter, made Bolt inmate number one to, quote, send a message that America would not tolerate homosexuality and other <sighs> undesirable lifestyles. Isn't that funny that it's, like, in America's gayest, like, city? Or yeah. California's gayest city, like, basically? Yeah. Okay, go off. Okay, sure. go off. Um, four years and some months later, Bolt was transferred to McNeil Island Penitentiary in Washington State, where he was paroled in 1936, and then he actually went on to make a pretty good life for himself. He oh, moved to cool. Hawaii, he got married, he had a bunch of children, a nice. successful business, and yeah. Huh. So that's the first one. Okay. The next one's going to be a big one. Next um, infamous inmate we're talking about is Scarface himself. No fucking way. Mr. Alphonse Al Capone. I was going to say Al Pacino. Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my God, how old is he? <laughs> so, you guys, I'm not that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so Capone arrived on Alcatraz Island in 1934 to finish serving an 11-year sentence for oh. his involvement in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929 in Chicago. Come. Okay. When he was originally sentenced on October 17, 1931, Capone was going to be sent to the Atlanta Federal Penitentiary. But when he arrived in 1932, he quickly began manipulating prison staff to still basically run his criminal uh, enterprise. Like, so they needed to isolate him. Yeah, but I mean the, I mean the, they didn't really do that. The prison no. staff because they were taking bribes, like money and booze, uh, to do whatever. How do you, he okay, wanted. I just don't understand how people in prison get that kind of shit if not directly from the people policing it yeah because like who else is going in and out of there yeah exactly. without getting checked you know like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. um wait i moved my page huh? so um he the head of the atlanta penitentiary sent him to alcatraz in august 1934 because of the prison reputation as a no funny business and super strict place understandable um but al thought he was slick and he could easily wrap the new staff around his finger but he was wrong Hmm. Instead, he was treated just like every other inmate and made to scrub the floors and sweep. And he was also nearly killed by another inmate at the barbershop because he cut him in line. And the guy almost slit his throat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not that deep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, just, just, you know, keep your head down. Yeah. Like, you know, take it easy. Take it easy. Take, it, take it easy. easy. So um, Capone served four and a half years of his sentence before he developed intense signs of tertiary syphilis, which um, occurs three to 15 years after initial syphilis infection. And it causes like tumors and stuff like on your face and like sores and shit. Oh, my God. Fucking bad. Um, And he was transferred to Terminal Island um, Correctional Facility in L.A. in 1938. And he died a free man aged 48 in 1947 in Miami. Oh, which I was like, that's weird that's as fuck. Still, I can't believe I didn't know young. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that, though. Like, I didn't know like, that he either. died pre. Free? I thought he died yeah. in jail. I thought he died in jail, too. I thought he died in Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. So the last famous inmate we have is Robert Stroud, hmm. who is referred to as the bird man. I was going to say, isn't there a bird person there? That's yeah. a, a, okay. bird person. a bird person. <laughs> From Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Rick and Morty. I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, there was a, there's a, like, some intergalactic like space power couple and they're like birds oh and they have like these really crazy like feather headdresses and stuff i love their, that their last name is bird person <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no because when you said pelican island i was like oh like isn't there like a bird there's guy? a sort of bird yeah, situation yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here okay. <laughs> like, and it's a theme it's, it's a, a theme, theme. I, I see it so um the bird man was named robert stroud 
in 1909, Robert Stroud was convicted of murder and imprisoned originally in Washington State. Okay. Before he was transferred to a prison in Kansas, in, I think it was Leavenfield, Kansas. Oh, okay. Where in 1916, he stabbed a prison guard to death in front of 1,100 other inmates. Oh. Gosh. As a result, he received the death sentence, obviously. Uh-huh. But it was committed to or commuted to life in prison without parole by President Woodrow Wilson. Interesting. Mm-hmm. For the next 30 years... 30 years. 30 years. Stroud spent most of his time in solitary confinement, (gasps) specifically, where he became a self-taught ornithologist, so a bird expert, focusing on breeding canaries. Interesting. And they even, um, like, the staff kind of saw that he was, like, you know, chill, basically, when Uh he was, like, doing this, so they encouraged it, and they basically let him set up a tiny little lab in his cell where he could breed canaries. And he wrote, like, two books i think or three books that are actually like highly regarded in the bird community really? like for their contributions of, to like bird highly science. regarded in the bird community. highly <laughs> regarded in the bird that's a good title <laughs> oh um so by the time stroud was transferred to alcatraz in 1942 mm-hmm. he had he was already known as the bird man to inmates oh really yeah so like he came in with that fame already he flew in with that fame, he flew in <laughs> um and his story was actually dramatized in the 1962 film Birdman of Alcatraz, which he was never allowed to see. Aww. And he died in 1963, like a year after the film was released. I'm like, that's a bummer. That is a bummer, but, but I mean, like, he did kill someone, so. Yeah, but like, there's really cool pictures of him, like, sitting with just, like, a bunch of fucking birds on his, like, head and his shoulders. And he's really? just, like, writing shit in a notebook. Like, it's crazy. You're just like, Art. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, according to the FBI's webpage on Alcatraz, from 1934 to 1963, okay. 36 men tried 14 separate escape attempts. Of these, 23 were recaptured, 7 were shot and killed as they ran, and three, at least 3 have drowned. Oh. The three men believed to have drowned, Frank Morris, John Anglin, and Clarence Anglin, attempted to escape the island on June 11, 1962. Okay. After spending weeks of planning, um, they used a metal spoon and a makeshift drill that they made from a stolen vacuum motor. Okay. Like a vacuum cleaner. To dig out a tunnel that would lead to the three-foot-wide unguarded service corridor behind their cells. Oh. How do you figure that out? Fucking beats Bruh. me. Beats you me. just are sitting there alone thinking thoughts. And mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be figuring something yeah, out shit, thoughts too. were being thunk, for yeah, sure. Yeah, thoughts were being thunk. Um, they made dummy versions of their heads oh, no with way. paper mache and hair that they stole from the barbershop. <gasps> and they also made an inflatable raft out of at least 50 stolen raincoats. Oh. So they were, like, they, this is pretty well thought shit, out. They yeah. weren't just like, we're going to run and they we're going to see if we that. make it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, according to the FBI, no conclusive evidence has ever been found as to whether or not the men made it to the shores of San Francisco. Oh. The 1979 movie, Escape from Alcatraz, starring Clint Eastwood, documents his escape attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, this bit is from AlcatrazHistory.com. Okay. During its time in operation, there were a total of 28 deaths on the um, property. Eight were killed by other inmates, um, five perished by their own hand, okay. and 15 died of natural causes. Oh. And now I, I don't know why I expected more. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I, but there's like other prisons, like the what is it, the Ohio State Reformatory? That mm-hmm. one has like in the hundreds. I was gonna say that's usually that like really what I expect. Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's pretty tame, actually, especially tame, so many yeah. natural causes for such a haunted place, you know. And it's pretty fucking haunted. Um, we're gonna get into a smidge of like living conditions, but also ghosts. Okay. So let's get into it, shall we? 
Um, this next bit of info comes from the sfghosts.com blog post titled Alcatraz Island. Okay. Very simple. Um, the area of the prison with the most activity is said to be cell block D, which houses five distinct haunted cells. Ooh. Cells 9D through 14D. Okay. Which together made up the section known as the hole. <laughs> And this became, like, the standard by, like, by when people say that now, when uh-huh. they talk about, like, supermax facilities and, uh-huh. like, you know, really high security prisons, uh-huh. this is basically what they're what talking about. What it came about. from? Like, okay, yeah. got it. Um, unexplained voices and crying have been heard in this area. Oh, I don't like that. Um, there is the ghost of a man dressed in 1800s clothing that yeah. apparently walks past and looks into your cell and, oh. or, like, attempts to open the door no. and then disappears. <laughs> okay. Um... According to legendsofamerica.com, once sent to the hole, inmates were, quote, placed in cells located at the bottom tier of the main cell block, okay. the coldest place in the entire prison, uh, that contained only a sink, a toilet, and a low wattage light bulb that the guards could turn on or off at will. The prisoners were not allowed at any time in the yard or showers or given reading materials, uh, unquote. So, like, this is, like, fucking, like, subhuman. meant to be for, like rehabilitation and reformation but it's like no you're setting them up for failure literally from the get-go i don't understand how how this shit used to work and still how it still works you know truly so um the website found sf.org's alcatraz island of evil spirits post claims that quote cell 14d which was known as the oriental for some reason which like i don't know where that stems from but it sounds kind of problematic yeah i was like "Eh, Uh, don't know if i like that um it's permeated by a perpetual chill Mm. One inmate, Ruth McCain, was confined here for over three years after an escape attempt. Shortly after being released from the hole, he stabbed another inmate to death. And yeah, was I would fucking too, bro. He was acquitted on the grounds that the time he spent in cell 14D had damaged his psyche. Yeah, I would I would assume so. Like, fucked up. Because he probably didn't think that was a real person. Yeah. Um, cell 14D um, had no sink, water, toilet, or light bulb. Okay. Inmates had to use a small hole in the floor. Oh. And they were given a restricted diet. And if that wasn't enough, they would have their mattresses taken away at dawn. So they just had to lay on the floor. Uh. Yeah. Um, according to ghosts.fandom.com, uh, the Alcatraz Wiki, cell 14D is also believed to house an evil entity seen by one prisoner in the mid-1940s. Oh, shit. This is one of those, like, nameless prisoners. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Um... When he was placed in the hole, he started, quote, screaming that someone with glowing eyes was in there with him. The guards on duty that night had heard reports of people seeing, quote, a ghostly presence wandering around the darkened corridors dressed in 1800s clothing, Uh which they then teased each other about. So they just, like, teased the inmate about it and ignored him, basically. And it said that when the guards returned the next morning, the inmate was dead with, quote, noticeable hand marks around (gasps) his throat. The autopsy revealed that the strangulation was not self-inflicted. And that's, like, all we have on that. We uh, I couldn't find, like, more names or oh, anything. Oh, okay, so, so I'm just leaving like, the scene spreading misinformation. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I'm like, I don't admit, hey, it could have hey, happened. Yeah, or, no, it totally but still, happen. both possibilities, I feel, are fucked up, because if it wasn't paranormal, it was one of the guards. Yeah. Like, you know, fed up with his screaming or something oh, and just fucking killed him. Like, those so both, fuck, both options are sad. Um, foundsf.com also claims that cell blocks A through C have their share of unexplainable incidents, okay. ranging from 
disembodied voices, running footsteps, and loud crashing sounds. Mm-mm. No, thank you. Quote, in 1984, night watchman Rex Norman was awakened by the sound of a weighty steel door swinging wildly in cell block C. The sound stopped when he got there, but began again the next night, and the next night, no. and the next night. Yeah. A weighty steel door. Yeah. Mm. Like you've seen, like the ones you yeah. see on the on the Travel Channel shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, so legendsofamerica.com also shares that Michael Corey, co-author of the book Haunted Alcatraz, quote, described receiving psychic impressions when he visited cell 14D. He also experienced tingling sensations and quote, seeing a small man with his head shaved who told quote of being beaten, having his legs broken by guards and left in solitary confinement. Oh my god. On another occasion, Richard Sennett, who was apparently a ghost hunter and psychic, um, spent the night locked in cell 12D of the hole, and he claimed that, quote, as the steel door was closed, the ghost hunter felt, I felt icy fingers wrap around my neck no. while I experienced psychic visions of the bodies of twisted and dismembered men. Oh my god. Yep. There's also a laundry room in cell block C that many believe is home to a, quote, unseen presence, referred to as the Butcher. Oh. oh, the butcher! Uh-huh. Yeah, literally. I just imagine some like big man with like a bloody apron. It's giving and, like... thirteen ghosts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I have to sleep alone tonight. Oh shit! As if I don't sleep alone every night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, this bit of info is from uh, foundusf.com okay. or .org, like I said. Uh, quote. On September 20th, or September 20th, September 10th, 1984, okay. the park system brought celebrity psychic Sylvia Brown to Alcatraz, accompanied by a CBS news team. Sylvia identified the troublemaking ghost as, quote, Butcher Malkowitz, a hitman who had been killed by another prisoner in the laundry room. During a seance, Brown tried to convince the butcher's ghost to leave the prison, but the ghost refused. He's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, he's He said, like, I'm actually really enjoying scaring people. Yeah, he's like, does it not sound, do I not have the coolest name ever, no, the butcher of Alcatraz? Butcher like, of Alcatraz? Come, like on. come on, that sounds, that sounds nah, dude, like, like that's I'm, my thing. I'm giving you guys, like, yeah, infamy. I'm like, committed truly. to the bit, so. Mm-hmm. I love a bitch committed to the bit. I love a bitch committed to the bit. Butcher is committed um, to the bit. Yeah. So he was the one that was killed. Yes. Okay. Um, this bit is worth taking with a grain of salt, though, because um, after the October 2002 disappearance of 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck from Missouri, the Hornbeck parents made an appearance on the Malta Williams show in February 2003 after four months of desperate searching, and they met with Sylvia Brown, the psychic. okay. When Pam Hornbeck, Sean's mom, asked the psychic if Sean was alive, Sylvia Brown said no, and that he was buried beneath two jagged boulders. Only for Sean to be found four years later alive in the possession of his alleged kidnapper, cities away, in the same state. And she's also the woman that told Amanda Berry's mom that her daughter was dead, but as we know, Amanda Berry was alive. She was trapped in that horror house in Ohio where that guy, like, kidnapped three, like, Mm -hmm. teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she's just a fraud. Yeah. That sucks. So I'm like, this one I would also take with a great assault. Gotcha. In conclusion... On June 17th, 2014, an article written by Corey Charlton was posted on the dailymail.co.uk website in which a woman named Sheila Sillery Walsh claimed that she had captured a ghost in a photo of her recent tour of Alcatraz Island. The image is honestly pretty spooky. Really? But it could just be the editing, but you be the judge right now. The fact that negative energy and lots of suffering happened here remains, and I think that's definitely enough to make this place haunted. 100%. I feel like negative energy is enough to create... Suffering, like, you know, 
just emotional, psychological, exactly. physical, like yeah. pain stays mm. in places. Exactly. You know? So um, here's the photo. I like Pizza Hut. <gasps> no fucking way. Yeah, this was a this was a cell um, visitation area that was like off limits to the tour. That is a person. But that kind of reminds me of that picture that I took, and I have no explanation for it. And a lot of people. The I one know, in the bathroom. Yes. Oh, ah, ah. I'm gonna have to post that, but I don't know where it is because I deleted it a long time ago. So I'm gonna have to ask someone who oh, I know has it. That shit was so scary. So scary, you guys. I literally one night was scrolling through my phone just looking for pictures to post, and I found a selfie of me in the bathroom, like you know, cheese. And there's a little boy, what looks like a little boy with like a fucked up face, peering like around the corner, looking at me taking my selfie. I'm not kidding. No, it's like you said that and I, I like yeah. immediately saw it in my face. That yeah. was so scary. <laughs> so scary. So yeah. Wow. That was good. for Alcatraz, babes. I, I, I really enjoy that just because I feel like Alcatraz is such a infamous uh, place, but rarely do I actually know the history behind it, you know? Yeah. So. No. And it's, it's extensive. There's yeah. a lot, there's been uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved investigations, mm-hmm. Ghost Files investigations, yeah. uh, Ghost Adventures, I'm pretty sure has been yeah. there a couple times. 100%. So yeah, definitely worth a uh, really cool topic. We need topic. to go sometime. A really I cool heard people go, into. like, have the opportunity to go in the hole and, like, freak the fuck out. Yeah. You're like, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Let's get started, ladies. It is time. Ladies, ladies, and mateys. So today, instead of jumping right into it, I'm actually going to tell you what we're talking about today. Ooh, okay. How exciting. We are discussing the very elaborate, uh, complicated, flat earth conspiracy. Shut up! I was telling Nini earlier how like dense this material was because I didn't expect it. I really expected like a BuzzFeed article and like you know Wiki- Wikipedia, Wikipedia, but no, this shit is like physics and stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! So oh, exciting. Let's get into it, you guys. Oh, I love it. So, for many flat earthers, the most logical explanation for this conspiracy goes like this. Yes. Um, let's say that there's an adversary, there's a devil, mm-hmm. Satan exists, right? Okay, right um, His whole job is to try to convince the world that God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Satan would have done an incredible job convincing people of the idea that we are just a random speck in an infinite universe. Okay. Okay. So conspiracy beliefs are often intertwined with conservative Christian beliefs. Yep. Um, according to internet influencer Rob Skiba... The, quote, ultimate motivation of the alleged conspiracy of around Earth in space is hiding God. Mm-hmm. And in reading the Bible, quote, when you break down the text of what it represents, there's no way you can get a spinning heliocentric globe out of anything in the Bible, unquote. I know. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, that's a weird I know, right? to say with your whole chest. But um, all right. One might say that the flat Earth movement is a close cousin of creationism. Creationism, if you don't know, is the religious belief that nature and aspects such as the universe, earth, life, and humans originated with supernatural acts of divine creation. So, like, God literally was like, and on the third day, God invented the homosexuals. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not what it was, but that's even funnier. Make that the episode title. And on the third day, God created the homosexuals. Okay, give me a second, guys. I gotta write that down. Wait, and on the third day, God created the, the dinosaurs. No. 
<laughs> the Remington Bolt action rifle so that man could fight the dinosaurs and, the and homosexuals. homosexuals. Okay, there we go. <laughs> oh, wait. Mom, why are you texting me a TikTok right now? Like, you know that I'm recording. Tell you not to buy me in my room. Okay, type that. Type that for me while I continue. Yes. yes. Okay, there we go. So, <clears throat> in its broadest sense, creationism includes a continuum of religious views which vary in their acceptance or rejection of scientific explanations, such as evolution, that describe the origin and development of natural phenomena. So, gotcha. Okay. It's just, it's kind of its root form. Yeah. You know, it's under the same umbrella. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, because of these anti science beliefs, the reality to many flat earthers is that the Earth, Sun, Moon, and stars are contained in a Truman show like dome. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I know. From there, pitfalls can be easily dismissed, like photos of Earths from space, okay. um, which flat earthers believe are photoshopped, of course. Okay. Easiest, easiest, easiest thing, easiest to, thing to do. Because yeah. Photoshop really existed in the 19... 19- Medieval times. No, literally. Yeah. Um, well, like, I mean, they didn't get pictures of Earth from space in medieval times, but, like, oh. they didn't also have photoshop back in 1969 when we went to the moon moon. yeah so it's like okay and then um some protests for a 24 (laughs) hour surveillance on the moon stating that basically like this (laughs) belief in a round earth would go away if there was surveillance like a 24 hour camera on the moon i'm like what the fuck is the moon gonna do grow legs and walk away like wi-fi i know like literally i'm like what what do you mean like i don't understand how that would yeah, so that doesn't, yeah, it's weird. It's they tried, you just they tried, with you'll one. get more into this oh, and it pisses you off. Okay, so in the 2018 documentary Behind the Curve, it follows two groups of American flat earth believers who are basically like attempting to gather empirical evidence, oh um, God. you know, proof that the earth is flat. Mm-hmm. So, one group from the YouTube show Globe Busters <laughs> used a ring laser gyroscope in an attempt to show the earth was not rotating. So a ring laser gyroscope, or RLG, consists of a ring laser having two independent counter-propagating resident modes over the same path, okay? And that's pretty confusing, but basically it's saying, like, they're, it's using it to detect differences in phases of the rotation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So the world's largest ring lasers can detect details of the Earth's rotation, and such large... <laughs> Such large rings are also capable of extending scientific research in many new directions, including the detection of gravitational gravitational waves, Fresnel drag, lens steering effects, and quantum electrodynamic effects. And I was just like, whoa, that's a lot whoa. of shit. Okay, Tony Stark, watch mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Literally, I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, so basically, sure, sure. they were using that ring la- uh, laser gyroscope to be like, this is going to prove that the Earth is flat, when in reality... Globusters detected the actual 15 degree per hour rotation of the Earth. <laughs> They're like, no, we fucking no, bro, we got no. us in the bag, dude. We're gonna fucking bust but the Earth right guess now. Guess what? The measurement they dismissed as corrupted by the device somehow, picking up rotation of the firmament. And it's if you firmament. don't know, a firmament in biblical cosmology is a vast solid dome created by God on the second day of creation, which divides the primal waters into upper and lower portions. So I have a picture. What the fuck? So it's like a hamster ball? Like, look. Okay. Earth, shield, pillars of the earth, great deep, and then this is the firmament. 
So it wasn't picking up the rotation of the earth. It was just bouncing off the dome. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't sound yeah. right, but no, it's not. Okay, yeah, it's okay. not. Okay. They're stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> so back to the documentary. Another group used lasers in an attempt to show a several mile stretch of water is perfectly flat by measuring the distance between the water level and the laser beam along three vertical posts, right? Okay. So they were unable to align the beam, obviously, because the surface of the still water was in fact bent by several feet over the distance measured. Obviously, because water moves. Mm -hmm. um, so the experiment was dismissed as inconclusive. Oh, my God. They just literally, like, behind the curve, essentially, the documentary displayed the ignorance and downright stupidity Jesus. of flat earthers. Yeah. Because they deny literal scientific evidence. Like, and they, you know, thinking, or going into this thinking that they did these experiments the correct way, mm -hmm. using the correct tools and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't fuck with math. Dude. No, dude. Like, sorry, it's the same in every language. Lie. Yeah, like, that doesn't lie. Okay, Katie Heron. Go okay, off. Katie Heron. No, <laughs> <laughs> mean Girls references. I love it so much. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, hold on. So, um, a prominent figure in the documentary, Joe Pierre, who is a professor of psychiatry, offers some explanations for these asinine conspirators so um the first one is the dunning kruger effect which is a cognitive bias in which people with limited competence in a particular domain overestimate their abilities so, <laughs> that's literally a thing can you believe that wow yeah i love that i love that so much and that's literally that's so a lot cool. of conspiracy theorists they're yeah. like you don't know do your own research yeah. i'm like no babe you do your own research yeah please it's like the, the or maybe the you should do your own right research in front of you and you're like not accepting it's, that you're like Oh, no, I don't see it. Yeah. Anyone else? Any, yeah. Any other I answers? pretend I do not see it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. um, the second would be misunderstandings of simple observations, which like, mm -hmm. okay, fine. Third is pseudoscientific practices, which fail to separate reliable from unreliable conclusions. Again, like probably just misunderstandings of simple observations. Mm -hmm. And the fourth is a progressive divergence from reality that starts with a belief that conventional information sources and the government cannot be trusted. And that's, you know, the basis of like every conspiracy. Exactly. Theory. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Because modern flat earthers very commonly embrace some form of conspiracy theory out of the necessity to explain photographs of the earth in space, the observation of astronauts, why all major institutions such as governments, media outlets, schools, scientists, and airlines assert that the world is a sphere, etc. They're like, <laughs> no, you guys are lying. There's no way. There's no fucking There's way. No way. Like, have you ever been in a plane, my guy? Like, but I guess I, I understand because it's like you don't see the curvature of the world while you're flying, but mm -hmm. it's like there are literally like okay, it just it's so frustrating. There's so many layers. There's but so it's many like, layers. At its core, it's like you, you just don't believe in institutional. Yeah. Well, like okay, I get that because not everything as an institution should be. Uh, you know, wholly accepted. Yeah. There should be some distrust or some doubt, at least, yeah. you know, questions, mm -hmm. um, concerns, comments, whatever. Um, but I just feel like when there's scientific evidence, like in the palm of your hand and you're still like, mm, nah, it's just, because, okay, because listen, yeah. because Daryl Marble, who <laughs> was a speaker at the Dallas Flat Earth Conference, told <gasps> his <laughs> audience... <laughs> After watching hours of YouTube conspiracy videos on Sandy Hook, 9-11, false flags, the Rothschilds, and the Illuminati, quote, each thing started to make that much more sense. I was already primed to receive the whole flat earth idea because we had already come to the conclusion that we were being deceived about so many <coughs> other things. So, of course, they would lie to us about this. Unquote. Jesus. I know. I know. So it's really just them 
mistrusting the government. Yeah, and at every fucking level. Exactly. Um, however, where does the root of this conspiracy actually come from? The answer may surprise you. Because in early Egyptian and Mesopotamian thought, the world was portrayed as a disc floating in the ocean. Oh, yeah. wow. A similar model is found in the Homeric account from the 8th century BC in which, quote, Okinos, the personified body of water surrounding the circular surface of the earth, is the begetter of all life and possibly of all gods, unquote. Um, the Israelites also imagined the earth to be a disc floating on water with an arched firmament above it that separated the earth from the heavens. Um, the sky was a solid dome with the sun, moon, planets, and stars embedded in it. So, yeah. Wow. I know. Cool. So it, it goes back. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm just going to kind of give you like a, a brief synopsis of like a lot of um, time periods in which the consensus changed. Okay. So, a timeline. A timeline, truly. Yes. So several pre-Socratic philosophers believed that the earth was flat. Um, Thales in 550 BC according to several sources, and Leucippus in 440 BC, and Democritus in 370 BC. And that was confusing me because I'm like, oh, it goes backwards. Yeah. So um, philosophers were obviously thought to be like the most intellectual beings in Greek history. Mm. So it's understandable that like everyone kind of looked conformed to this theory. Yeah. Um, And it... (laughs) Anaximander in 550 BC uh, believed that the earth was a short cylinder with a flat circular top that remained stable because it was the same dif- same distance from all things. Which, like, okay, I guess. I'm, like, Listen, I'm not going to physics. I, I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> Um And similar to this idea is in ancient China, where the prevailing belief was that the earth was flat and square while the heavens were round. Um, an assumption virtually unquestioned until the introduction of European astronomy in the 17th century. And the English sinologist, um, which I had to Google, and sinology is the uh, Chinese or East Asian studies. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't know that. Cool. Um, he, the sinologist, his name is Colin. That's it. Colin. Like Edward? Colin? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, just Colin. Just Colin. Um, he emphasizes the point that there was no concept of a round earth in ancient Chinese astronomy. The model of an egg, however, was often used by Chinese astronomers such as Zhang Heng um, from 139 AD. And this egg was used to describe the heavens or celestial sphere as spherical. Uh, Quote, the heavens are like a hen's egg and as round as a crossbow bullet. The earth is like the yolk of the egg and lies in the center. So this analogy was like with this curved egg led some modern historians um, to basically believe that Chinese astronomers were aware of the Earth's sphericity. 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 Sphere. My, my list can't <laughs> comprehend that. <laughs> that one's not going to happen. Sphericity. Okay. Yeah, okay. The egg reference, however, uh, was rather meant to clarify the relative position of the flat Earth to the heavens. So again, the dome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this was like a huge, a huge belief. Now, Pythagoras, the bastard who created the Pythagorean theorem in the 6th century BC and Parmenides in the 5th century BC. I had to Google that one because I was like Parmenides. Like no, but Parmesan crisps. He stated that the earth is spherical and this view spread rapidly in the Greek world. And around 330 BC, Aristotle maintained on the basis of physical theory and observational evidence that the Earth was spherical and reported an actual estimate of its circumference. 
Now, the Earth's circumference was first determined around 240 BC by Eratosthenes, another terrible word to say with my list. (laughs) But by the second century AD, insane, uh, Ptolemy, who was a mathematician and astronomer, had derived his maps from a globe and developed the system of latitude, longitude, and climbs. So, like, yeah, this shit goes far back. That's I had no crazy. fucking idea, dude. No, genuinely, I thought like, this was like a modern. I thought theory. it was a modern thing too. Yeah, I thought this started maybe. So we'll get into like, in the, like the modernity part of it. Wow. So okay, so Ptolemy developed the system latitude, longitude, and climbs, mm-hmm. um, and by the first century AD, Pliny the Elder. <laughs> Did you call? <laughs> um, he was in a position to say that everyone agreed on the spherical shape of the Earth, though disputes continued regarding the shape, or I'm sorry, the nature of the antipodes and how it was possible to keep the ocean in a curved shape. So, I didn't know what an antipode is. So, in geography, it is any spot on Earth is the point on Earth's surface diametrically opposite to it. Okay, so oh, gotcha. So, so a pair of points. Yeah, yes. Gotcha. Okay. A pair of points antipodal to each other are situated such that a straight line connecting the two would pass through the Earth's center. Mm-hmm. Um, antipodal points are as far away from each other as possible. The North and South Poles are antipodes, mm-hmm. and the Northern Hemisphere, the antipodes may refer to like Australia or New Zealand. Gotcha. So okay. easy, e- easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Not not too not too um, That's not intimidating. Very yeah. Um, so going into early medieval Christian writers in the early Middle Ages felt little urge to assume flatness of the earth. Though they had fuzzy impressions of the writings of Ptolemy and Aristotle, they relied more on Pliny the Elder. Uh. Um, With the end of the Western Roman Empire, Western Europe entered the Middle Ages with great difficulties that affected the continent's intellectual production. Um, Mm. You know, most scientific treaties of classical antiquity in Greek were unavailable, leaving only simplified summaries and compilations. So it was just kind of like sorry like the the, yeah. the generations didn't get passed down well because of the historical oh. context okay shit. um in contrast mm. the eastern roman empire did not fall and it preserved the learning still many textbooks of the early middle ages support this fuck this word sphericity of the earth in the western part of europe so, a recent study of medieval concepts of the sphericity of the Earth noted that, quote, since the 8th century, no cosmographer worthy of note has called into question the fer- sphericity. <laughs> you guys, I can't do it. The sphericity of the Earth, unquote. However, the work of these intellectuals may not have had the significant influence on public opinion. Like, they were basically saying not everybody in the general public was even thinking this kind of, like, concept was yeah. a thing they were like not debating whether or not the earth was flat or not yeah it wasn't so a it wasn't, great concern exactly yeah. so it didn't it didn't translate into history well gotcha however portuguese navigation down and around the coast of africa in the latter half of the 1400s gave wide-scale observational evidence for earth's sphericity in these explorations the sun positioned moved more northward the further south the explorers traveled. So its position directly overhead at noon gave evidence for crossing the equator. Gotcha. Which, like, I would never have known that as a traveler. I'd be like, la, la, la. Like, huh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Warm it feels, out. The, war- yeah, the, warm, <laughs> warm out the warmth it? of the sun warms yeah. my skin. How nice. 
<laughs> so these apparent solar motions in detail were more consistent with north to south curvature and a distant sun than with any flat earth explanation. Gosh. So the ultimate demonstration came of this when Ferdinand Magellan's expedition completed the first global circumnavigation in 1590, or, I'm sorry, 1521. Gotcha. Um, Damn. One of the few survivors of this voyage, Antonio Pigafetta, uh, recorded the loss of a day in the course of the voyage, giving evidence for east to west curvature. Oh, so, you know, gotcha. the sun rises in the e east. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm going to kill myself on, on this podcast live. <laughs> These are tongue twisters, bro. And like, for real, that should be the episode titled Earth's Fericity. <laughs> Say Earth's Fericity five times fast. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Um, so, yeah. In the 19th century, a historical myth arose which held that the predominant cosmological doctrine during the Middle Ages was that the Earth was flat. And so a lot of this is chalked up to the fact that um, the Western Roman Empire's, you know, history wasn't passed down. Mm -hmm. um, actually, a prominent component of this myth was the American writer Washington Irving. And I'm pretty sure he's the one that did um, Ichabod Crane. Yeah. 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 So he maintained that Christopher Columbus had to overcome the opposition of churchmen to gain sponsorship for his voyage of exploration. Um, however, later significant advocates of this view were John William Draper and Andrew Dixon White, who used it as major elements in their advocacy of this thesis, that there was a long lasting and essential conflict between science and religion, which like, yeah, that's always been a thing. Yeah. But that's not what was happening that's not the opposition that christopher columbus was facing it wasn't about church versus science yeah. it was like he he couldn't gain or he couldn't garner the support to you know Continue complete the, the voyage yeah so anyways um subsequent studies of medieval science have shown that most scholars in the middle ages including those read by christopher columbus maintained that the earth was spherical mm. um modern earth or modern flat earth beliefs originated with the English writer Samuel Robotham. Uh, <laughs> these, these people got the weirdest <laughs> fucking names, you guys. Robotham? 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 Maybe. Robotham. Samuel Robotham. I feel like you run it all together, yeah. Okay. Like um, he based his conclusions from his 1838 Bedford Level experiment. Um, he published the 1849 pamphlet titled Zetetic Astronomy. And he wrote under the pseudonym Parallax, which, like, that Ooh. sounds like a cleaning chemical. Yeah, I was going to say, like, an antidepressant. Anthrax. I was going to say antidepressant. <laughs> that does sound like an antidepressant. That's fucking funny. Oh, my gosh. So he was basically completely, um, his experiment, the Bedford Level Experiment, was a series of observations carried out along a six-mile length of the old Bedford River, on the Bedford level of the Cambridgeshire Fens in the United Kingdom during the 19th and early 20th centuries to measure the curvature of the Earth. However, in 1870, after adjusting his method to allow for the effects of atmospheric reflection, Alfred Russell Wallace, who's like a prominent scientist in this time, found a curvature consistent with a spherical Earth. Okay. So like this guy was like, oh, here's my pamphlet. Like I did this experiment. This is science. Like this is, you know, the truth. Mm -hmm. And this guy's like, no, you just did the wrong math, my guy. Like, oh, gotcha. sorry. Yeah. You know? So he established like the most modern concept of flat earth in the 19th century. And in 1956, Samuel Shenton created the International Flat Earth Research Society <laughs> as a successor to the Universal 
Zetetic society. Oh However, given Shenton's interest in alternative science and technology, the emphasis on religious arguments was less gotcha. than his predecessor. Okay. So yeah, um, basically what they were trying to do was reach children before they were convinced about a spherical Earth, which like... I don't know why. Like, what's the harm? Yeah, literally, what's the harm? But it's because (laughs) they truly believe that it's hiding God, that it's some kind of like religious antithesis. Like, they're there's they're hiding something from us. They're not telling us something. It's like, why do you have to constantly believe in like the worst? I do believe that the government is like bullshit, and like we live in we live in a society, but like when there's truly no basis to your argument except for religion i find it very hard to make it yeah you know you can't root that in fact you can't root that in fact you can't you can't hypothesize about you know the lord the lord the, a man wrote the bible my guy that's not even a divine creation yeah like no. he he was told to write this yeah so so yeah, yeah. wow I know that was a lot that was a that was a big a big chunk of information that was right a big there. chunk of information wow. i'm sorry you guys i know it's good so yeah, that's flat Earth society. It did. really it goes back to wow. fucking five fifty BC. I know, isn't that crazy? Like I like you said, my brain can't like wrap wrap around. Like it went through every fucking time. culture, fucking time period. Like everybody social strata. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that was really fucking cool. That Thank was a you. mind fuck of a story. I know, right? To be honest, like when I first heard about flat Earth, like conspiracies in like high school uh-huh. i assumed that they all started when the rise of like maps like mm-hmm. of the entire world happened. Right. so like around circumnavigation time uh-huh. so i had no idea it was, yeah like, that it goes fucking doubly as far mm-hmm. back wow that was yeah. that's really cool i like that i i would have never known oh so this is what the flat earth the flat earth society believes the earth to look like literally a disc it's a fucking uh what do you call it a frisbee mm-hmm is there any picture of the one that looks like an egg? Um, let me see. The one where oh, I forgot to tell you the that yolk. the um the Earth is a flat disk centered at the North Pole and bounded along its southern edge by a wall of ice Antarctica. That he this is the um Robotham guy um, held that the sun and moon were three thousand miles above Earth. And that the cosmos, like the heavens, were 3,100 miles above Earth. So just 100 miles difference. That's what they believe. What the fuck? Yeah. That's so and that's weird. Their, that's their that's logo. So, so it's kind of looks I'm like, like okay, the firmament so again. Like their, their whole thing is when the sun goes away, it goes under the disk. And mm-hmm. that's why it's dark. And yeah. then it just comes back up. Comes back up. But like, wouldn't you still see it? Like, if it's... You would like the sun is so big and like if it's three thousand miles away from you, my it guy, it would be like, ginormous. You're gonna see it. Yeah, what, it's gonna be so illuminating weird. the bottom of your world. That's so yeah. Like when you see it over the edge, yeah. how tightly packaged how is tightly, the dome? Exactly. I. It's that's crazy. so weird. I know. So weird. I like, just thought it was funny that they were like, "Oh, a Truman Show dome." I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's." Yeah. I love the. I love a callback. I love a callback. Call call that's awesome. All right, guys. Good job, this dude. is a long ass episode. I'm so Good sorry. Job. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot, but I'm glad I did it. We made it to That's the end of the That's how I feel, like, when Dibs, the Illuminati. Yeah, it's oh, no, be a yeah. Lot. Oh, yeah. I, I gave you Dibs yeah. a long time ago on that one. Yeah. So, no, I'm not touching that I'm one. I'm not touching that one. Yeah. And Absolutely. you guys will get it. I, the only Dibs I have are JFK and the Illuminati. Like, that's it. 
and that's gonna be that's gonna be a day maybe that should be like our 100th episode or something i'll do jfk oh that'll be fun i wonder i wonder how that will land like in our rotation yeah you know oh okay oh yeah, yeah. like it, whose turn it'll be for what thing mm-hmm. yeah all uh-huh. right guys enjoy your summertime fall seasons Forgot depending on where you are summertime fall summertime sadness <laughs> lana is that you See. <laughs> See. all right guys um, um follow us on instagram on grassy knoll follow us on twitter oagk podcast follow us on tiktok also on a grassy knoll or send us an email if you feel a little spicy. At oagkredux at gmail.com, which is R-E-D-U-X. And just tell us what you're feeling, what you ate for lunch today. Sandwich. Yeah, what you ate for lunch today. Did you see any cool dogs outside? Yeah. Um, did your tia tell you like a cool story yeah, did that you want to hear about? Cool story. Um, again, if you have a conspiracy you're trying to perpetuate, let us know. Mm-hmm. That would be so fun. That'd be sick. I would love to... I would love to hear that. I would love to spread misinformation. I would love <laughs> spreading misinformation. And leave the scene of the crime. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Alright, guys. Love you. Mean it. Bye. See you next week.